Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, Linda Kubota. Bird. Now, Linda, I got to tell you, she is a superstar in astrology. She's the president of one of the big orgs in astrology as well. And she's just somebody that I have seen for a while doing astrology from the heart and combining different types of astrologies that ultimately are about tapping into the chart differently in some way. You know, I have spoken before about Alan Leo and his work, Esoteric Astrology. And in this book, he says that, and he's, you know, he's one of our big dog godfathers in modern astrology, but he says that your consciousness changes the way that you experience your chart. And this is something that Linda explores thoroughly as part of her work and has been for so many years. So I think that this talk, is going to help us to see our own charts so differently. But not only that, Linda is coming to Synchronicity University. I'm so excited to announce that she is part of the March 2023 speaker series where you've got just a couple of weeks left to choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, an unheard of rate to learn from this caliber of astrologer, our wonderful Big dog astrologer, Linda Kubota Bird. Well, Linda, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Nadia, for inviting me. I'm very honored. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, for joining. I was saying to you that I just love your energy. I love the way that you strive to make people more conscious of their own charts. And I know that you combine a few different uh, astrologies. So here I have that you combine evolutionary, experiential, and transformational astrology. And so can you talk about those astrologies and how it is that you came to bring them together in your work? Sure. Um, the experience part came from, I did, um, I was a volunteer with a group that did personal growth workshops um, and we used astrology as a basis. And so we we're able to kind of actually not even bring astrology into the language until later to help people to see their default settings. And so when you see, when, it was such a gift, like a shortcut, to see how they're wired, in a sense, and to help them to understand why they react the way they do. And so the purpose is when you understand that it's your default, then you could be at choice. You, you can choose to just continue to do that, but when it's unconscious, it's usually more reactive and not very conscious. But when you're aware of it, you can use the higher octave of it. So you consciously use your chart in a different way. So that's the experiential part. And I love doing experiential workshops. It's just people get together. So you get all the, the earth moons together and they'll go, oh, my God, you do that too? You know, because we all feel like we're a little bit odd. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say it. we all. Some of us. I do. It's okay. <laughs> some, some of us feel like we're a little bit odd. Just to yeah. have the comfort of other people, like a whole group that reacts in the same way, it's kind of like, oh, wow, maybe there is a purpose for all of this. And so that's the experiential part. The transformational part is when you do understand all these things, then it does transform your life because you're no longer just reacting to everything, but you're consciously aware of things and, you, and you're much more um, accepting and understanding of others. Because if somebody, take for instance, um, has a fire moon and they just 
they're, they just explode. You know, like there's this temper thing that goes off and it's like, oh my gosh. Well, my old self would have thought, because I have a Pisces moon, would have thought, oh my God, if I did that, it would mean blah, blah, blah. Because our only frame of reference is ourself without astrology. When you have astrology, then you understand these other styles. And so you just think, I was just think, oh, it must be a fire moon, you know, because it's hard to get over it in a, in a, you know, not long. And then they forget that they even, they even did it. And so it's helpful to just understand those things about each other. And so I think that's very transformational. It also takes you into another kind of another philosophy or another um, perspective of life, you know, of how we live and that, yeah, that we're we're more in control than we think we are kind of because we're in control of how we react to things it's not we we can't control necessarily the circumstance but we can control our reaction or our response instead of reacting and then the evolutionary piece i studied with stephen forrest and so it's kind of to see the the trajectory of life how we i kind of look at life as I don't necessarily agree totally with Stephen um, because I kind of look at life as like a soap opera. So, you know, soap operas end and it's all this trauma drama stuff goes on. And then the next series picks up where you left off. And so the South Node to me is kind of like it's something that was not finished in the past life. It's something that we're still working on and that we take that energy and the lessons we learn from that and we use that to move forward to the North. So um, there's just, it's a combination. I was thinking this morning in the shower with my transmission booth, I was thinking it's kind, it's kind of like applied astrology, the way I, I use astrology. It's kind of how is it applied in um, make, to contribute to living life more consciously. Yeah. It's incredible how astrology helps us with that. I think of it as seeing your life symbolically. It's like mm-hmm. seeing how you live these larger stories, these larger, we can say archetypes, you can say mythologies, but just taking that little bit of a step back, that helps you so much to start to understand how you might use this energy consciously. Mm-hmm. Just one example, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking about Mars, for example, right? You get a Mars in your chart, your Mars is very strongly placed, it's making squares all over the place. Well, if you don't tap into that energy consciously, what happens? You get angry all the time, right? Everything really, really gets you going. But if you tap into it consciously, that is so much power, but it becomes about focusing that power in some way. How else might you tap into, if you see a chart and it's got Mars, let's say it's in the tent that it's squaring everything. That's not my chart, but I'm just saying I've seen a chart like that. (laughs) Actually, it was my friend had a child And I mean, I was there when the, not there when the child was born, but she was in my life when her child was born up until the child was maybe four or five. And I remember her telling me he gets so angry and she doesn't understand it. Like, where does this come from? Because it's not part of their home environment or anything. And I remember Mm -hmm. saying to her, like, he needs to be in sports. (laughs) That was my Mm -hmm. advice at the time. Like put him in sports. Yeah. Cause he's got a lot of physical energy Mm -hmm. give him a focus and it'll really help him. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, what would you advise in a situation like that? Well, I'm going to take it back just a, a little bit because yeah. 
um, it depends what sign the Mars is in, obviously. And so when I'm working with a client, it's oftentimes, or when I teach classes, it's like the Mars, the archetype of Mars, of course, is that, you know, Aries, the warrior goes out, you know, it's all decked out in his armor and everything goes out to conquer. But, but my Mars is in Pisces. So I say, so my Mars wears like a nightgown. <laughs> it's a different kind of Mars, the way she or he um, goes after what it wants. It's, it's more, it's more subtle. It's, it's well, it can be kind of wimpy, um, <laughs> Mars and Pisces, but it's just, it operates in a different way. So that when I'm trying to explain, you know, the, the chart um, and the, the planets and their job, then how they do that job depends on the sign they're in. And so, right. And, the, and also, of course, all the aspects and the house and all those kind of things are, are influential for sure. But um, yeah, just, just setting this, the example of helping people to understand how their players in their play or their members of their committee, I call them, um, how they're predisposed. I think that seems to really help people just to, to kind of know themselves better. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's the, the philosophical approach with which you, you come at the chart that makes the difference, like with the intention of wanting to see what's happening here and how you can actually transform what is challenging in a way that empowers you. Absolutely. I could, I think the whole chart, well, I think I look at the chart as energy soup Mm because we're all energy, right? And so the chart just gives you your recipe. And so when you understand what you have as your ingredients and how they interact, I, I was saying earlier to you, I asked my clients to turn their charts horizontal and imagine that their chart is a round conference table and that all of their planets are their committee members. And so you see, how is your committee, how do they relate, you know? And if you've got oppositions or squares, then you, you can see automatically how that works. Or you have groups, like I call them cliques or pairs, you know, then you, can, you get an energy feeling for that. Who are the members of this clique? You know, because even when there's a, a, a discrep- they're not an orb, say the stellium might be, you know, pretty wide orb, but it's still a clique. You know, and remember in high school, if you told one person in the clique, everybody knew. So it's kind of like energetically, if they understand what's going on, like you've got all these planets that they operate together and so forth, then it's kind of like they get, they get the energy of the chart at a different level than just understanding and memorizing and and doing it more cookbook style, but it's kind of like it's just the feeling of the planet and how it operates. I think it helps people to kind of get more of a sense of who they are. And my my thing is for people to really love who they are because they have something different, to, something unique to offer. It's like we're all notes in the symphony, you know? And if we don't play our note, then not only do we lose, but everybody loses, you know? So, yeah. 
And Can also, I answer your question? I'm sorry. Yes, of <laughs> course. Then your beautiful poetic way, as you would, of course it does. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because, yes, we're part of that. Everybody's playing their note. But it's like the chart is its own symphony as well. Like you yourself exactly. are a symphony. And mm-hmm. these different... Parts of you, I would, I'm like just putting this together right now based on your metaphor, but it's like different instruments. And even if they feel like they're not connecting or they're not in tune with each other, actually there is something there that is working. And I guess it's about being willing to see how that could be working. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. It's this orchestrating. It's like being the orchestra leader for your chart. And so nobody gets left out. You know how you have a, if you have a singleton or you have things, or you have, you know, like a gigantic stellium up here and one little planet down here, you know, you know, this planet's going to eat a Pisces in me. I have a stellium in Pisces. So it's like the poor little planet, you know, and so giving it voice, I guess. And so it's interesting because of course people have birth charts, but so do places, right? Sometimes we're able to garner the birth chart for a place. And I, I lived in Mexico for 10 years. Seven of those years were in Cancun. And Cancun is quite a new city. It's, um, it was founded in April of 1970. That's it, 1970. And I remember just as the pandemic was, you know, just before the pandemic, they were had launched all this like Cancun 50 because Cancun was turning 50 and it was such a big deal. And they started having all these carnivals and we were partying so much. And then of course, everything shut down. That was 2020. Oh. Everything, yeah, February, all the parties started. And then by the end of March, you know, they had to say, okay, pause, but okay. It's interesting because they when paused, you look at the home. chart, they paused it all. They paused the party, but I hope the party's going on right now still, you know, for those out <laughs> in Cancun. And I always encourage people to go anyways. It supports not only the local economy, but you're about to learn something about the chart that makes people want to go there even more. And that is... When you look at the chart for Cancun, I'll try to put it up here somewhere. They have this stellium in Taurus, this whole stellium in Taurus that is at the top of the chart, all surrounding a Taurus midheaven. So this cluster of planets in Taurus, right? So what is it that people tend to go to Cancun for? Very Taurian, like fun, uh, enjoyment, right? All very Venusian things. Um, the enjoyment of the physical incarnation. That is a big part of why people go <laughs> to Cancun, right? To connect with other people and to, you know, get their groove on and go to a resort where you don't have to worry about how much you're eating because it's all inclusive or how much you're drinking. It's all inclusive, right? But then you have this Jupiter and Scorpio right at the foundation of the chart that is opposing all of those Torian planets. And when I saw that, I felt like, you know, everybody's coming for the party, the Taurus party, but they don't realize that actually this is a place that can change you from the inside out profoundly. And so Cancun means snake's nest. And the main road, Kukulkan, is the snake god of transformation and fertility. And it is a couple of hours away. There's often like, you know, tours to Chichen Itza, which is a pyramid, which is the uh, Mayan site that is most visited in the world is Chichen Itza. And what's so interesting is that is a temple to Kukulkan, to the snake god. And I've always thought that, you know, people don't realize how they are honoring the ancient gods. Like they're going there, they're like, oh, cool, a pyramid. 
but you're actually doing something that thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of people did for millennia, which was they went there as a temple to honor the snake God. And there you are thinking you're there for all that tourist, but people end up doing all that Jupiter Scorpio transformative stuff. And it changes people like a trip to Cancun changes people in some way. And that's just a place we're talking about. Now imagine that embodied in a person, right? It's so powerful mm-hmm. to consider that. Yeah, exactly. And organizations, you know, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm the new president of NCGR and it's like this chart. It's, did, did you know it's a Pisces? It's got a Pisces sun. Wow. I didn't know moon. that. Yeah. I know. Oh my goodness. It's, very, it's been very intellectual, right? It's all, right. you know, higher ed- education, astrology education. And um, so, but we do have chapters, which is, you know, the, the cancer moon. In a sense, this is the interconnection and 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 all of that. But the Pisces piece is um, my moon is five minutes at large off of their sun, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's like, oh wow. boy, looks like. It. So, I I'm really focusing on getting the organization in alignment with the chart, you mm-hmm. know, so that we don't lose anything, but we we become broader or deeper or or, well, for lack of a better term, might be more spiritual in a sense. It is well, a, it's I, a Pisces you know, sun with a Kazemi, Kazemi Mercury. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Wow. Okay. You know, yeah. I've always thought of, I, I remember the first, I think it was NCGR conference in 2013 that I went to. And I remember feeling like that was when I started saying my astro fam my astrology family, my astro family. That was when I started saying it because it really Mm -hmm. felt like such connection. And so many people that I met at that conference in 2013 are still like good friends today. People that Mm -hmm. I message, people that, you know, I go back and forth with, with different ideas. So it makes a lot of sense that the organization has cancer and Pisces because then you feel like you're part of one, but it feels like family too. So that's really mm-hmm. powerful. And I have loved your, the events that NCGR has put on, whether it's local or, you know, the big conferences. And so um, I do want to ask Good. you, if you want, I can edit this out, but you know what question is coming since you're talking about NCGR. When mm-hmm. is the next conference? Well, you don't have to edit it out because we're not sure yet, but we're, <laughs> okay. we're shooting for it. We're, we're, we're asking electional astrologers to give us some dates to choose from mm-hmm. uh, instead of the hotels dictating when. I'm. This is my big soapbox thing with them. Let's use the chart. Let's use, let's use astrology for everything we do, mm-hmm. you know, because first of all, it makes it fun. And secondly, it's just smart to do it because we have this gift. So, so we're aiming toward the electional astrologers are being told to look at the latter part of 2024, the or the beginning of 2025, so that we can find, you know, a date that's that's good. Well, you got the 2012. No, I don't remember the UAC in in New Orleans. Were you at? Oh that yes, one? I was there. Ooh. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That was a lot of fun, wasn't that? Oh, it yes. was a little crazy too. Yeah, because it was on. It was <laughs> yeah. really close to an eclipse, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. just it. Anyway, it had all the problems that you could imagine. Yes, it yes. felt like it felt like Uranus was just hanging over that hotel, just kind of you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, hello, 
we're astrologers. Why would we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really encouraging us to be more conscious of how we select dates. Mm-hmm. And and I'm also the Pisces piece is it'll just work out, you know, that magically, yeah. magically the hotel will have that time. It'll be fine. I, I just think that that should be the primary and the others secondary. That's my that's that's opinion. OK, I'll be on the lookout <laughs> for the call for speakers, because that's the that's one of the things that happens like. You pick the place for those of you who, you know, maybe not behind the scenes so much with conferences. Yeah. You sort of scout out places, you figure it out, you get the contract going, you work out a good deal, and then you put the call out for speakers. And then that's a whole process and people vote and people who got a lot of people attending their talk before get an invite and blah, blah, blah. Because I have actually, I I don't normally talk about this professionally because it's part of like service It's part of giving back to astrology. But yeah, I've been part of organizing a couple of conferences now, and mm-hmm. I get it. It is uh, it is an endeavor, but deal. it's family. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. but it's also family, and it's also exciting and, gonna, and beautiful. And we're going to do it by committee. I, I have mm-hmm. this thing about me. I mean, it's Pluto's moving into Aquarius. You know, we got Saturn moving into Pisces. It's oh, like God, we're moving me. into different energy, you know? You said Pluto and, and Aquarius, and my stomach just flipped because... <laughs> I'm an Aquarius sun, right? And you are right. an Aquarius rising. So how about right. that? How about we leave people with some thoughts on that? What are your thoughts right now on Pluto in Aquarius? Well, I yes. And I, I have a different approach. Again, everything's different. Aquarius rising, you know, got to be different. Um, but I have a different relationship with the planets. Let me put it that way. I, I did um, 10 years ago. I was introduced to something called the Stargate. And I was at a workshop, and it was a small, little, intimate workshop. And so we actually went into the Stargate, and um, the channel said, call in the planets that you work with. And so mentally I called them in, because I was teaching the class at the time. And Nadia, I was overcome with love. I could feel so much love coming from the planets. I know it sounds crazy. No, the it other sounds part right. was... Mm. I felt so much love for them. You know, it was like this, it was, it was shocking to me in a way, but it was so profound. I mean, tears were coming down my eyes. It was so, it was just this unconditional love. And then he said, go and see them. And I thought, like in a rocket ship, I went, I wasn't, and, and then my consciousness just started to expand. And I could feel each one. They're all have a different frequency, as you could imagine. And I could feel them, feel them, feel them. And I got to Pluto and I thought, okay. And then I kept going out, out, out. And I became aware I was a little speck called Linda. Mm. But I was also part of everything. And that's, I think that's the Pisces. That's the oneness, you know, that we have the potential of experiencing as we, you know, as Saturn goes through that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, wow. so when I, when, we have outer planet transits. I look at them as a consciousness that wants the best for us and that they're not here to make our lives miserable, that they're here to help us. So Pluto, in my committee analogy, Pluto is like the soul's guide. And, and we, he, he's, his job is to make sure we stay on what we wanted to do. And so he gives you little hints, you know, 
But if you don't follow them, sometimes you just have to pick you up and put you over here. And that's when it seems like, oh my God. But with Pluto, I always tell my clients, it's like the glyph is a little round thing. And then you got this thing here. And it's like, this is a hint, you know? It's like surrender. But not surrender like I give up, but surrender to the awareness that I'm in concert or I'm in partnership with something much wiser than little me I am. If I listen to my guidance, then it could be really quite profound and beautiful. So, yeah. Wow. And so the planets are a source of love, even if we don't, even if we're scared of it, even if we think, oh my God, it's a square or a really hard conjunction or something. Yeah. No matter how we approach it, ultimately, whatever transit it is, is a source of love, is a new awakening of love. To think. Right, because you know people you know love, yeah, who've, yeah. 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 I mean, it's hard, but you know people who've had a really difficult Pluto transit. You oh, know, yes. I mean, sometimes they're just hor- horrific. You know, they mm-hmm. they get diagnosed with a horrible disease or they're in a car accident or something terrible happens. And then later they say that was the best thing that ever happened to me. We hear that a lot, you know? And that's kind of a Pluto thing. It's like if you're not paying attention, then you've got to give you tough love. But in the long run, you can look back and say, ah, now I understand why that happened. Because I was on the wrong track. I was not I was not living, you know, a conscious life. So yeah. Wow. Well, well, that helps that's me a just, lot. Like, just, these are Lindaisms, I call them. I, I love you it. don't read them in books necessarily, but but it just if you if you listen with your heart, a part of you, if it's true for you, kind of goes, ah, yeah, that can can see that, you know, yeah. Wow. So. Wow. Well, I'm going to quote you on that to understand how every single transit is ultimately a call of love, a source of love, a presentation of love in a new way. It's our fear that kind of might get in the way, but ultimately it is love because mm-hmm. yes, you're right. I, I think about how I've been through several Pluto conjunctions in my life and yeah, they're not the easiest transits, but my goodness, they lead to, I, I mean, it's like, I'll give you an example. I had an experience recently when I was, uh, you know, I connected with somebody, I went, I was in Toronto, you know, Toronto is home. I was born and raised there, right? I did my undergrad there and everything. So anyways, I met up with somebody and we were walking and we happened to walk by the apartment building that I lived in for 10 years in downtown Toronto. And that apartment, I remember at the time, So many people thought, oh, wow, your life is so fabulous and you've got the downtown Toronto life. And I thought my life was so fabulous. But while I walked down, I realized I had no idea how small my life actually was living there. Like I can't even imagine being there again because compared to now, that was so small. And I think about how two years ago, when I left my ex, I was with him for seven years and I happened to have in Cancun and I happened to have like a layaway, layaway, a layover in, in Cancun a few months ago. And so I was like sort of around that area and I went by the building that I had lived in with him. 
And I thought, you know, everybody looked at my life like, wow, she lives in Cancun. It's so fabulous. But actually, my life was so small in comparison to what it became. And it was so painful. There were so many painful transits happening in my chart that made me say, okay, I got to leave this. I've given everything I have. Now I'm drained. I'm tired. I can't do this anymore to leave that relationship. But wow, on the other side, two years later, you're right. It's it's a whole other way to understand. It's love. You're right. It's love. Oh my God, yeah, Linda, you're yeah. going to make me cry. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you yeah. for that perspective. It's exactly what I needed right now. Thank you. You're welcome. Because when you go into, if you go into it with fear, if it's like, oh my God, Pluto's going to be on my ascendant, uh, you know, then that's the energy that you create with. But if you go in with, you know, like, like Saturn moving into Pisces, you know, I have a stellium in Pisces. And so it's like, that could be, oh my God, it's Saturn, yada, yada. But I, I'm looking forward to it because it's like, if I use the energy of Saturn to kind of manifest all this Pisces stuff or to, to bring structure to all the Pisces stuff, then, then it's used in a, in a positive way. It's not happening to me. It's happening with me <laughs> or for me, but it's, it's like, it's like you don't have that fear going in because you can't stop it. You know, we can't stop transits. And so we might as well look at it, look at who it is, who's coming, who's coming to visit and, um, and consciously choosing, you know, how do I want to make the most of this? You know, and it changes, it'll change the outcome. Yeah. Rather than be, you know, the victim, but you become the creator, you know? Yeah. yeah. And also sometimes it can work out better than anything you could have imagined for yourself. I think, you know, that as a Pisces, me with my Pisces uh, at Midheaven. Yeah. It can work out even better than anything you could have imagined for yourself. I never imagined a life as astrologer for myself, you know, never would have. either. Yeah. Right. It's something that chooses you. It's not, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know too many people who are like, yeah, astrologer, that's a career path for me. It's not something (laughs) you're thinking. It really is. It it comes, Mm -hmm. it visits, it it, it changes you and you have to follow. Mm -hmm. It's this prompt that cannot be ignored. And it's a a powerful thing. Wow. Linda, you are a powerful thing. It's a gift. Sorry. What? (laughs) It's such a gift. Astrology is such a gift. Yeah. You know, I think it's just, we're so blessed, those of us who understand astrology and who embrace it. I think, you know, we're very, very blessed. Yeah. We truly are. Linda, thank you. Once again, everybody, Linda is going to be at Synchronicity University as part of the March 2023 speaker series. You've got just a couple of weeks left to choose your tuition rate. There's always just $5 a class now. Wow. I feel like just talking to you for this period of time has changed the way I understand so much, so much right about now. Like right now I'm thinking, oh my God, I want to meditate. <laughs> I want to go on the terrace and I just want to give Pluto love right now. Like, that's really how I feel. Wow. I can imagine how many people are feeling that way in light of whatever difficult transit they're going through or went through, or they know something heavy duty is coming up like Pluto and Aquarius. 
Wow. To just give it love. I think that changes everything. You're so, so right. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you for just your perspective and your heart. I'm really looking forward to your talk. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Appreciate it. And thank you everybody out there for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye. Okay.